Good evening. This isn't uh, this wasn't part of the plan tonight, but I have to share this with you. You know, there are just men that have these voices that it seems like when they pray, they just uh, they're right there at the cusp of the garment of Jesus. And many of you probably don't know, but uh, when I was having my health struggles, Brother Ken was who my mama would dial. And uh, his boisterous voice would come across that speaker phone. And I'm just so thankful for, for Brother Ken and his prayer warrior. And I just wanted to say thank you for that on behalf of having him in our church. Also, aren't you thankful for great worship? Man, oh man, I, I'm normally up there, but Casey and the band, uh, I don't play any instruments, and, but I'm thankful for, uh, for just the, the worship time that we have. And don't take it for granted. I know, you, like like me, y'all travel around and you get away from home church, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful to come back to home, and, and I got lots of feedback. Do I need to move or change? Or, okay, all right. And Brother Ty back there, nothing happens without all that happening. So just uh, don't ever forget to say thankful, thank you to the, all those folks that make, make this happen. You know, I, uh, um, I'm always honored and, and somewhat overwhelmed when I'm asked to uh, share my heart. I, I vowed a, a, a lot of years ago that uh, given the opportunity that I would always uh, have a message on my heart. And so when Brother Shannon asked me a couple weeks ago, the, the initial response was, Lord, can I say no? <laughs> uh, I'd much rather sing a song than, uh, than, than open God's word and preach to a group this size. Uh, but, uh, you know, he calls us to be faithful. And so I'm very humbled, very honored tonight. I look out there and see my peers of people that are trained in theology and, and everything that can well outdo uh, this, this man up here tonight. But the Lord's put a message on my heart. Um, it's, really just a, it's, it's really just the way I, I, uh, the Lord leads me to, to lead my life. And so I, I want to share that with you. I, I texted Brother Ty and said, hey, I don't really have any slides, but if you were going to put one up there, um, I guess if I titled this this sermon, if you will, I would say, what is your most valuable earthly possession? What is your most valuable earthly possession? And I hope you brought your Bibles. You remember, you remember in, in, um, when you were younger and we, you did sword drills? Anybody not know what a sword drill is? I don't see any hand. Uh, brother, brother Ken knows what it is, but no, he, he, was put, he was putting his arm around Miss Mary. Sword drill, you know, you hold your Bibles here and they call out a reference and you try to find it first. So I'm going to have us bounce around in the Word of God tonight. I guess if you were to pick a focal passage and have three points, we don't have that tonight. But the focal passage would be uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The Word of God. This is my Bible. How many of y'all learned the song when you were younger, the B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Hopefully uh, that tune rings true in your ears, but the Bible. This is my Bible. It is the inerrant word of God. It is my most valuable earthly possession. I will therefore make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and I will hide its word in my heart so I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. 
I will therefore listen to it carefully and I will obey it fully. I will endeavor to internalize it in my life by doing four things. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will stow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. I will show it in my life by obeying its teachings. And I will sow it in my world by my witness. Hereafter, I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and his glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. That's my Bible pledge. I can't say it's an original. One of my mentors, many of you that have hung around me or closer to me, Dr. Bill Bennett, a pastor of mine when I was a senior in high school. Oh, if I'd have had the spiritual maturity as an 18-year-old boy, I could have got a lot more nuggets from him. But he was, he was good about putting stuff together. His mother told him, said when he went to be a preacher, he had five or six degrees. I don't know how many he had, but he was a trained theologian. He, his mama told him to preach on a third grade Keep it on a third grade level and preach the word of God. And so tonight, that's what I want to do. I want to take that Bible pledge, and one of the words in that Bible pledge is my most valuable earthly possession. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I prefer a printed copy. When I was teaching the preteen boys, me and Mr. Zach over there, I'd always say, have your iPhones, iPads. I'm old school, but this battery never runs out. But one day we might have to live in this world where this isn't even available. And are we going to have it up here? This is my Bible. My parents got it for me in 1987 as a senior in high school. A great evangelist one time when I was listening said, Bible stood for this acronym, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. I think that's pretty good. If I focus on this for however many years I have remaining and years that I've lived already, I won't have to look for Jesus because I know who he is. I'll be able to know exactly who he is. My mom and dad got this Bible for me and as a senior in high school, and I have to admit it hasn't always been my most valuable possession. When they got me the Bible, my friends got a car. In 87, it was the Camaro, uh, red. And I sure thought a Camaro was much more important, new Camaro was much more important than this in this book, but oh, I wouldn't take nothing for it nowadays. This is my Bible. My mom wrote a verse in it, 1 Timothy 4.12. You can turn your Bibles there. Um, 1 Timothy 4.12 she it says that, um, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. For many years, I'd say, yeah, don't look down on me because I'm youth, because I'm young. I'm told by people that are trained that in Scripture, context is king, and so it's important. Please don't just take these one verses I'm calling out and, and, and hang your hat on them, although they're the inspired word of God, but research that. But don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. I did that for many years, kind of braggadociously. But then as the Lord humbled me and trained me and grew me, I realized that that latter part is as important. But set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. This is my Bible. It's the inerrant word of God. I looked up inerrant. I like that word. I like some of the big words in Scripture. But inerrant, incapable of being wrong. This is an old statistic. 
about 10 years old, so it's probably went up. And I am thankful we have a man of God and a worship leader and those that lead us each and every, every Sunday and Wednesday that stand up on the holy desk and we know that they believe it to be the inerrant word of God. But over 50% of pastors stepping into religious affiliations, I call it today, will stand up on, sun, on the Lord's Day and preach out of this book that don't believe it's the inerrant, incapable of being wrong word of God. And that's sad. This is my Bible. It's the inerrant word of God. If you go to 2 Timothy, just a few pages over, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This is cool here. So that, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. <laughs> you know, we can be equipped, ready to go. All Scripture is God-breathed. God breathed, spoke it all. Oh, he might have, he used inspired men of God, but he spoke it all. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. This is my Bible. It's the inerrant word of God. It is my most valuable earthly possession. Value. One's judgment of what is important in life, or maybe the regard that something is held to deserve importance or worth. It is my most valuable earthly possession. Hasn't always been. The best I can tonight, I can stand up here and say it is. And my kids are in the room. They're valuable to me. My bride, she's very valuable to me. But without this and my relationship with Jesus Christ, I have nothing. This is my Bible. It's the inerrant word of God. It is my most valuable earthly possession. I will therefore turn your Bible to Psalms. All these are familiar passages. I hope, I hope you have them memorized. Um, Psalm 119, 105. I will therefore make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and I will hide its word in my heart so that I might not sin against God. Psalm 119, 105 says just that. If I can get my glasses to work when I look up and look down. Um, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And if you cut over to, back to the beginning, verses 9 through 11, 11 is the one referenced in the pledge. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But I like 9. How can a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I will therefore make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and I will hide its word in my heart so I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I don't know about for you, but that's so humbling to me. Whether I'm with brothers and sisters in Christ or I'm in my special place that I, as I call it, uh, talking to the Lord. The creator of this universe, God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he talks to us personally. I don't know if that blows your mind. I'm a simple dude from Arkansas, but that blows my mind. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I will therefore listen to it carefully and obey it fully. James 1.19 says, you want to turn over there? So... 
without nerves, I can probably quote most of these. Uh, but here's the deal. My mentor also told me, he'd tell me something. You know, you ever have them people you go to and, and you really want them just to tell you the answer, but they don't tell you the answer. They, well, let me show you this. Well, Dr. Bennett was that way. You'd, you'd, I'd call him up in, in his elder years, definitely in my adulthood, and I'd call him up and I'd say, Dr. Bennett, I'm having this issue and I really want to know what's going on. Well, David, what does God's word say? I don't know, that's why I'm calling you. Uh, and then he'd take me to God's word. I'd want him to just peel that out, peel that onion as I call it, and tell me exactly what it means, but no, he'd say, now you, get alone with the Lord, read that scripture, and he'll show you his will for your life. James 1.19, it says, the, the Bible pledge says, I will therefore listen to it carefully. My uncle says, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. I sometimes get that all messed up. Um, but listen carefully. 119 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen. I will listen to it carefully, and I will obey it fully. John 14, 21 says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him. Whoever has my commands, and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. I will listen to it carefully, and I will obey it fully. That's a day-to-day -day struggle, but I'm working on it. And I know y'all are in your journey with your walk with Christ. We're working on it. We're in pro 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 progress, work in progress. I will endeavor to internalize it in my life by doing four things. That word endeavor brings a, a definition of an attempt to achieve a goal, endeavor. I will endeavor to internalize it in my life. Make an attitude or a behavior part of one's nature, almost unconsciously. You ever drive to church and you're going home in the afternoon, you're, or maybe you're sitting in Sunday school eating your donut or whatever, and you go, how did I get here? just unconsciously because we're always coming to church or maybe it's work or whatever, just unconsciously. I will endeavor to internalize it in my life. If we internalize the word of God, then things like this happen. And please understand this, when I share these things that are personal to me, that's not to, to be braggadociously, or to brag on anything other than who I am in Christ. So my grandma died in January of this year and She'd always said, son, I want you to do the funeral just like grandpa's. I said, yes, ma'am. She lived to be 96, 98 years old. And she lived in Missouri, so I didn't get to see her every day. So I get to Missouri and said, where's the minister? Because grandpa had a minister. I just spoke. Uh, she said, oh, you're it? I said, I'm not a minister. I'm a lay person, but I don't know how to do all this. And so I quickly began to pray. And that's what's so cool about the Lord, as you all know. If you just seek him with all your heart, he just, he leads you, he guides you. And I said, Lord, I don't have all the answers for this, but I know there's some family members. I know I'm the only person here that has family members that can push your button, but I, we got some. Um, and I know we have some lost ones. And I'm like, man, what am I? I don't want to go in there and thump them on the head with the word of God, although I'd like to. Uh, Lord, just give me a kindness. And you know the verse that he brought to mind? 
was Matthew 5, 9. Y'all turn over there. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. We get there late at night, like most of the time, if you have to travel to a family member's funeral far away, you, you got to work all day and then drive all night and you get there. And so my mom, my sister, and my dad sitting there, and son, you know, we're praying for you. What are you going to do about these challenging, not to think that we're not challenging, um, what are you going to do about our challenging family member? I said, hey, the Lord's already given me a word. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And so for the whole weekend, that's, that's, that's how I internalized the word of God with that Bible verse of just loving on lost family members. There's nothing that I can do other than just show them Jesus and share Jesus with them and let them make their decisions. Just an example. I will endeavor to internalize it in my life, make an attitude or behavior part of one's nature. That's what I want. When people come up to me and ask me questions, if you've talked to me very uh, intently, most of the time I will say it doesn't really matter what I think. It matters what God's Word says. I don't know how many people are in here tonight, maybe 65, 70, and everyone's got an opinion. But what matters is what the inerrant Word of God says. That's what matters. And I want to be that man. I want to be that man that says, I don't, I'm not sure, but let me research that and I'll get back to you. Or, hey, I got it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Part of your behavior unconsciously. I will internalize it. Here's the meat and potatoes of the part. I will know it in my head by diligent study. Any bodybuilders in here? I'll use running as an example because I used to run quite a bit. But you don't go run a marathon without doing a lot of training. You don't get bulked up and look like whomever you want to fill in the blank without working discipline. Okay. I got the I got my son on the back row that's being the humorous one. I will know it in my head by diligent study. What's diligent mean? means it takes time it takes effort it takes energy i'm reminded of joshua turn to joshua 1 8 it's a familiar passage you should know it um i ought to say whoever gets there first go ahead because i don't have post-it notes and i'm not quick enough like some but you remember joshua is getting ready to re lead we know through scripture he's getting ready to lead 2 million people into the promised land and joshua 1 8 says do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I don't have the time to go into it, but if you study that verse, that prosperous and successful doesn't mean wealth, health, and all that. It means being more conformed to the image of Christ. Wow. Do not meditate. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will stow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. Well, David, you're younger than me. I can't memorize anymore. You know your phone number, right? Well, sometimes we don't with these cell phones now. They're just so smart for us. But there's things we know that just roll off the tongue. Absolve yourself that you can't memorize. Yes, does it get older? Does it get harder as we get older? Yes. But we can memorize. We can do lots of other things if we take the discipline and do it. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will stow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. Meditation takes time. It takes time. 
I never had a special place uh, in my adult life until a few years back, and I turned my old pump house. It's 80 inches by 80 inches. By the time you add studs and, and sheetrock and some pretty stuff, it's about uh, 75 by 75. Uh, but that's my special place. That's where I go. I put Mark 135 on. It says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a quiet, a solitary place where he prayed. To meditate on God's word, you got to get alone. You got to get silent. It takes time. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will stow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. And I will show it in my life by obeying its teachings. On, on talking about stowing it in your heart, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I won't go there for time. I didn't time this, so I'm just going to try to make sure I'm going to stay on track. But Romans 12, 1 and, 4, 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Here's the cool part. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you, you may know what God's will is. God's pleasing and perfect will, his good, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You ever had someone, even Christians, ask you what's God's will? Man, I sure wish I knew what God's will was. There it is. How do we know? Go to Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I will show it in my life by my witness. Psalms 1, 1 through 3, if you're taking notes. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit at the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. His leaf never withers. Whatever he does prospers. Those of you that were here when we called Brother Shannon, you had five fallible men looking for a man. And in a lot of churches today, that's what they do. They choose five men that supposedly are successful in doing something and go find a pastor. But in order for us to find God's man for Chapel Hill Baptist Church, we, we had to seek to be like Psalm 1 through 3 men. We had to get along with God. We had to meditate on, Lord, who would you have be here? And I'm thankful that Brother Shannon is, it, it was brought here. Otherwise, we'd just been another committee picking somebody going through the world system. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will sow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. I will show it in my life by obeying its teachings. And I will sow it in my world by my witness. 1 Peter 3.15. You know, this is one of the verses. It just doesn't ever roll off my tongue real good. But it says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, this is where I struggle, but do this with gentleness and, re gentleness and respect. Be ready. Whether it's the, got hidden. Whether it's the band on our arm, it's the Avanza cube, it's the Romans road you learned when you were in seven, seven years old, whatever it is, in our circles of influence, we're to share the gospel. Sow it in our world by our witness. And sometimes we talk. It's been said. I will know it in my head by diligent study. I will sow it in my heart through memorization and meditation. I will show it in my life by obeying its teachings. And I will sow, sow it in my world by my witness. This is the cool part. Hereafter I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus. 
See, these are just words on a page. It's a pledge that a mentor of mine put together. It's founded on biblical principles. But when you get to the end, hereafter I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will challenge you tonight. If you make something like this, your Bible pledge, many of you have already and are on that journey, you'll never be the same. You don't look at things the same. Your world, your world view doesn't align with what this world stands for today and all of its stuff because the Lord is changing. He's making you prosperous and successful, more, more conformed to the image of Christ. That's his desire for us. The reason we have the word. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and his glory. We studied this just a few weeks ago, but flip over to Philippians chapter 2. I promise we're almost done. Chapter 2, 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the name of Jesus, hereafter I will never be the same, never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, no other reason, not for... For you, surely not for me standing up here tonight. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and his glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. The second verse that my parents wrote in my Bible as a senior in high school in 1987, Mom wrote 1 Timothy 4.12, Dad wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Dr. Bennett taught me to internalize the word of God and here's what he said. David, I can still hear his voice. Jeff knows those theologians that they just, <clears throat> David, there's an implied you there. This is how you should study that verse. David, you trust in the Lord with all of David's heart and lean not on David's own understanding but in all David's ways acknowledge him who's him the king of kings the lord of lords and he God almighty everlasting father will direct David's paths let's pray heavenly father lord tonight i thank you for the opportunity to open your word and lord i pray tonight that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart were acceptable in your sight, for you are my rock and you are my redeemer. And Lord, I pray tonight that maybe there were some nuggets left with brothers and sisters of mine, Lord, that uh, maybe they've gotten complacent in their walk with you daily, and Lord, this has been encouraging to them. Father, although this wasn't a gospel message, it's your word, your gospel is in every word of of scripture and so father i pray tonight if there's anyone that doesn't know you as their lord and savior father that your word as it promises not to return void lord will call that that man or boy woman or girl to a relationship with you and lord i pray for our church as a whole lord begin a revival started in me and my brothers and sisters lives so that, Lord, we can be all that you want us to be, not only for Chapel Hill, Lord, 
not only for our community, most of all for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus.